Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the Center, and I'm here once again with our inclusion specialist, Priscilla Weigel. Welcome, Priscilla. Thanks, Cindy. So excited to be concluding our podcast on temperament. Mm-hmm. We've had a great discussion. Yes, such a good discussion, and I think it's very helpful to our listeners. And I do want to say if listeners are interested in more information, they can go to our website and they can search um, for more information around children's mental health, children's Mm -hmm. social-emotional development. And uh, they can also email us for... um, if they have ideas for things they'd like us to add to the website that can be more useful at www.inclusivechildcare.org. But today we thought we would conclude. We haven't talked about all of the temperament traits. We were kind of highlighting ones that we thought might um, be of a challenge Mm -hmm. in some ways to the early childhood field. But we thought we'd conclude today with the 10th temperament trait, which is emotional sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And this one really is about either the ease or the difficulty uh, with which a child might respond emotionally to a situation. And I know that people can probably really relate to this. Right, right. Well, and I think sometimes when we even just look at the definitions of these traits, they seem there seems to be very slight differences in them, and, and so it's kind of hard to to get a handle on what exactly does that mean. But you know, you you have those children in your care, and and those kids that you spend time with that are very emotionally sensitive, where they maybe have just kind of that real extreme sense of empathy toward others, which is rare at that age just because children are still developing that sense of empathy and all that, but they just tend to be overly sensitive in how they feel about things, whether they, um, you know, respond. The key is to validate their feelings, to help them understand those feelings and to say, oh, you're feeling really sad right now because she took your toy. What could we do? We could say, can I have it back? It's my turn, you know. So you're gonna you're gonna kind of do the same things you would do anyway, but you just are gonna have that added understanding of this child's temperament is very sensitive as far as exactly. that emotional sense. Exactly. And as you said, I mean, it could relate to mood mm-hmm. in some ways. It mm-hmm. Could relate to intensity, how a child reacts with what kind of energy. Mm-hmm. But it really is different in the in the sense of of their emotions and how they use those emotions in their personally and then in their relationships with others and in that sense when people who are listening to us think about the children that they're working with um, again we are asking them to be detectives Mm -hmm. and think about the relationships that they're helping children build with one another because that's such an important part Mm -hmm. of early childhood and the role that practitioners have uh, with children but trying to help them navigate that understanding what they're feeling and then how they are um, reacting to the children that they're with 
and that they're that they're um, dealing with day by day. So yeah, validating those feelings are so important. Sometimes children are just so overwhelmed by their own feelings. Yeah, yeah. And I think for myself as a child, I was very sensitive emotionally to others' feelings. And also in some cases, you're, you're aware, you have kind of this heightened awareness, I think, and understanding of if someone's feeling sad or if someone's feeling uncomfortable. And that you tend to maybe put a lot of focus on that other person's feelings and then not understanding your own feelings as well. And you're maybe, it's just a confusing thing, I think, for children, especially because they're just figuring out emotional words the words for those feelings that they're having and and then to add on to that sensitivity it's it's challenging and some children you know we talk about challenging behavior in terms of aggression and that children will often isolate children who are aggressive but children also may tend to tend away from children who cry easily or cry a lot right right because either they're don't, they don't understand them, mm-hmm. or they may be afraid of them, or they think, oh, she cries all the time. Right. That's no fun for me. Right. Or it makes me upset. I don't right. get it really. Or I don't know how to help her feel better. Exactly. And so I'm just going to stay over here with this group that doesn't do crying a lot or whatever. And so that's yeah. isolating for that mm-hmm. child mm-hmm. and frustrating for the educator as well. Certainly, yeah. And, and children who are, you, you do need to be aware, too, of just what that child maybe is watching on television or or movies or things that or books that they're seeing or because they are going to be overly sensitive so they may take it may things may take on a heavier meaning for that child that they hold with them longer children in general should not be watching scary and 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 you know inappropriate content as far as um, you know their developmental level because it's just hard to process all that and that whole line between fantasy and reality is just so blurred when you're a little child you can't explain that and and so being aware of the fact that something that maybe that child saw weeks ago is still affecting them because they are so sensitive and and then having a good forum in your program right. and I for discussing feelings which goes back to a lot of we've talked about emotional literacy Mm -hmm. uh, in other podcasts but having lots of venues for children to be able to identify feelings feelings charts feelings cubes feelings wheels right you know story time my many colored days and you know all those things really help a child process that and i know uh i saw a program about the um you know there was so much on in the media about recent uh world events uh where you know you know people have been i um Tragedies. Yes, tragedies and so forth. And those kinds of things, we, we may not know how children are processing right, that right. Uh, without open dialogue and just mm-hmm. really trying to, what are you feeling today? And, mm-hmm. and making sure pe- children are able to talk about that. And then recognizing where some children may have, uh, in terms of their threshold, some children may overload sooner than other kids. Definitely. Yeah. So what are the signs? Yeah, right. And, and that's, back to that detective thing again, I know we've said this so many times, over the course of these different temperament discussions, but just being aware of how they process things and that sensitivity. You know, there's a child, the children who really are kind of the other end of that 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 spectrum of being versus oversensitivity, kind of undersensitive, so that you're going to help that child be more aware of others around them, others' feelings, 
taking into effect, you know, how that child's behavior affects others, that type of thing, where in the in their own temperament style, that might be something really challenging for them to understand. Um, it is for all children, but this chi- the child who is undersensitive emotionally would be really challenged with that, I think. And we can, again, use some of this, we would be using the same emotional literacy skills, too, in ter- or, or tools you know, reading a book about feelings mm-hmm. and then having a discussion about how does this make you feel or have right. you ever felt this way or let's make these expressions in little mirrors sure. that we're holding or mm-hmm. let's draw a picture uh, of what it feels like when you're angry or when you're sad or when you're happy. Right. Let's share stories about when you felt that way. Mm-hmm. Now, what about when your friend feels that way? What kinds of things can you do when your friend feels sad? Right. What are, what about when your friend is really happy? What How does that make you feel? What mm-hmm. kinds of things? can we do together when your friend is happy all of those things help that child who may be under sensitive as well to begin to learn about the feelings of others very important and stressing that we talk so much about maybe those strong emotions like sadness angry you know but spending time helping children understand happiness Mm -hmm. and feeling joyful and and excited and surprised and you know those are really ones that I think think sometimes we assume that children understand those emotions but it's those heavier ones that we need to spend most of our time on but all the emotions are really important to help kids get a gauge on. And there, you know, when we have a child who's undersensitive, we, we may recognize this when a child gets hurt, mm-hmm. and the and the, maybe the other child uh, ignores the hurt or does an inappropriate reaction to the mm-hmm. hurt, uh, or just leaves them alone. And mm-hmm. then that may be our cue that we need to do some empathy building sure. exercise some perspective taking Mm -hmm. exercise right depending on the child's age sure that would determine how we would approach that situation right and and an easy thing would be let's go find a towel to help you know a wet towel to wipe off that dirt or let's go get a band-aid or a tissue or you know something very simple that doesn't push them to this point of being uncomfortable but just to say it's modeling that when someone's sad, you can do this and understanding what would maybe cause them to be sad. Why do you think they're crying? Oh, it was because you stepped on their foot. Ooh, we need to watch out for other friends' feet. Exactly. Good point. And we would always want to look for opportunities when there was a small glimmer of a, of where they had shown sure. some kind of empathy right. or uh, feeling, even a feeling within themselves where mm-hmm. they'd expressed it or they'd recognized a feeling in somewhere else where we really said, wow, you did a, you really did a, uh, showed a, uh, an emotion that recognized an emotion in your friend or mm-hmm. you talked about how happy you were today. Right. And let's, is there, are there more stories you have to tell about that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, somebody was talking about, you know, their kitten being uh, in the, cat hospital and I could see that that made you feel kind of sad Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. why do you think that made you feel kind of sad have you had you know an animal that's been sick or you know just really validating that and Mm -hmm. then maybe trying to extend and expand a little bit on that so that they you're honoring them for that but also maybe giving them an opportunity to take it a little further right yeah great and this can be a challenge. Yes, it can. It can be a challenge. All the, you know, I think that 
the I, I jokingly often say when I'm teaching classes, that's why they pay us the big bucks. <laughs> exactly. But I honestly think, you know, what we really do every day, we spend so much time tuning into every child and trying to figure out each unique personality and characteristics and temperament that that, that keeps us thinking and growing and changing, which is a, a fabulous byproduct of, of what we get to do every day, and, and that's spend time with wonderful, amazing children. Exactly. And I love it, too, because for me, it's I've said this before, but it's so liberating to understand a child mm-hmm. in the fullness of who they are. And so we might see a behavior, but that behavior in, in and of itself is only one thing. Right. But right. when you can look at a child and how they're how they're made, how they're wired, what their personality is, and then take the behavior. Wow, then you've got this whole picture. Mm-hmm. And then then you've got all these strategies right. that you can think about. Yeah. It's just it's it's so much to me for for early educators and for teachers, for providers, it's like, wow, now I've got a roadmap. Yeah. Now I've got a place to go. Right. It's not it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Right. It's not about a child who just stops his feet when he doesn't get his way, mm-hmm. but it's really about this or this or this, mm-hmm. and I can manage this. Sure. Right. This is about a child who just doesn't get to control anything, and so exactly. how can I build in control opportunities that are appropriate? And Exactly. So, yeah. Well, you can see as you're listening to us that we do love to talk about temperament, mm-hmm. but we're going to conclude our podcasts on temperament mm-hmm. and move on to something else. For our next one. So thank you all for being with us. And thank you, Priscilla, so much for your expertise and your stories. Well, it's always a lot of fun. All right. Thank you all. That's all for now. See you next time.